Coming up on this week's episode, we discuss Bournemouth, Leicester and Arsenal. We also have all the usual features, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to a new episode of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is here as always. Hello, Liam. Good evening, Chris. How are you doing? Better than last week. A little bit. Um, but you I'm in the... A bit, didn't you? You made hard work of it against... Yeah. 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 Well, the sending off didn't help. So. No, you were down to 10 quite. But it's, a, uh, it's a bit of a weird one today because we're actually playing now as well. So the mood could change dramatically. Um halfway through so who knows we've got a bit of a final score situation because you're watching Chelsea and I'm currently watching Everton Leeds because Villa aren't playing till tomorrow so um, yeah I'm obviously not hoping that Leeds get absolutely smashed but <laughs> also secretly am right so we um, we're actually recording a day later than normally and it's actually um, kind of worked out for better for us, not so much for Scott Parker. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll go in with this week's talking points and we'll start with, with, with Bournemouth. I yeah. mean, what a weekend and the start to the week they've had. I mean, there's, there's no hiding from the fact that you lose 9-0. And then um, obviously today they announced this morning that um, Scott Parker had been sacked from his job. Um so we weren't actually going to talk about Scott Parker, but I think we definitely are now. So I thought it was incredibly harsh. I mean, you know, they haven't had the easiest of fixtures to start with. Um, and I, I, like I said, I know you can't hide from a 9-0, um, but I, I don't really know what, what they were. I know they're not expecting to lose 9-0, but with the fixtures that they've had, I mean, they were always going to struggle. Um, because they haven't obviously spent as much money as the other teams that have been promoted. So, I mean, um, you know, I was quite shocked when I found out. I don't know about you. Yeah, I was. And, I mean, you say they didn't have the easiest of starts. They played against Villa and, and won. So they didn't. <laughs> that was the only game that they won. <laughs> but you're right. Arsenal, was it Arsenal, Man City and yeah. Liverpool in the next three games? Um you know, for a newly promoted side, obviously I know they've been in the Premiership before, but for a newly promoted side, you look at those games and you think your season's not going to be um, defined by games, especially away from home at Anfield and uh, and playing against like Man City and Arsenal. You go into those games and you think any any point is going to be a bonus out of that. They're going to be towards the bottom. We knew that. So it's a free hit for them, really. I know it's not nice to lose nine nil, but we've seen it happen in the in the Premier League before. So yeah, it's not. It's, yeah, and they've kept their manager. Yeah, and, they didn't sack him. Yeah, I mean, what I will say, each time Southampton have lost nine nil, they've gone on a decent run. Not long after, you know, it sort of galvanised the team a little bit. Yeah, them together, and I remember. They when they lost nine nil to Leicester, I think they played Man City away the next game. Everyone was fearing the worst, and they got a really good one all draw out of it. So yeah. I'm not saying that's the same for everybody, but you've got to give them a chance. I mean, four games into the season, he got you promoted last year. 
probably the best team in the championship last year as well, or at least got the fewest defeats, I think, last year. Came up with a, a decent style of football. I know he's not spent a lot, but I don't know whether that's bored to strengths or he's just not found the right targets or what. But I just think it's harsh, four games into a... Mm. You know, you, you've got to... It sounds daft, but even to get to 10 games now, I think, is is reasonable. Um, you know, the way that teams hire and fire managers these days. It's just... It's, yeah. I, it's so early on one defeat. I, it sounds to me as though there's something going on in the background. Maybe he's had a falling out with the board over transfer policy or something. Well, yeah, because... Can't be just on the pitch, surely. This is what I was going to lead to. So... Um, there's, there's, this is only rumours and, and such, but um, I've heard that they weren't able to spend as much as they would have liked to purely on the basis that in January last year, in last season, they obviously spent quite a bit of money to obviously bolster them, you know, coming up. Yeah. And it seems like that they spent quite a bit and, you know, to, to make sure they were going to finish first. And... It's obviously meant that they couldn't, you know, spend as much now. So, you know, I don't think that's at no fault of Scott Parker, to be fair. And, you know, I agree with what you said. It's just they're not going to be, you know, an away trip to Anfield isn't going to be, you know, they're, you know, it's not going to be what they're going to be judged on. It's going to be judged on them beating the teams around them. So, you know, I just... You know, I was very surprised. Um, looking at the game, you know, it, it wasn't great. And I don't think yeah. there's any any hiding from the fact that you know they did got they did get beat very very convincingly, and and it could have been a whole lot worse. I mean, Salah didn't get a goal or an assist, but he could have had a hat trick. Yeah. So you know, it, it could have been the first ten nil in, in Premier League history. But you know, I I just think. It, it just doesn't I, doesn't set the right tone. I don't think for for the season for them now. I think you think he's had all all summer working with those players, yeah. And now four games in, they've sacked him, which means they've got to look for another manager, who then has got a he's he'll have his own style of play. It would be different to to what Scott Parker's is. That means that those players have now got to learn everything yeah. from the start again. But obviously this time they've got to do it whilst they're actually playing, you know, playing actual football, you know, in the Premier League. So I don't, I don't think it helps one bit. I, I, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think if you look at it from, you know, the bigger picture, or yes, you've lost nine nil, but he's worked with these players for the last sort of two years. You know, he he's got his own style of play, and I mean to be fair, yes, they lost nine nil, but the other games that they played against, you know, Arsenal, Man City, they weren't terrible. You know, they had chances in those games. And you know, like you said, they beat Villa as well. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I just, I, I it's not going to help them. And if anything, it's probably going to make them play worse, I think. And I, I think, think I'd already tipped them to go right. down. So, you know, yeah. it's not, you know, not going to change my mind any anyway, really. Think of the players they've just signed as well. I know we just said they've not been as active in the transfer window no. for the promoted teams, but you've just signed for Bournemouth. Four games into the season, that manager who signed you has gone. 
you're not going to know whether you're in favour or out yeah. until the next manager comes in, which is probably going to be in, you know, a, a game or two. Your career at Bournemouth could be over basically before it started, all because yeah. of the result. I just, it's very reactionary, and I, and I also think now it sets a precedent for the rest of the teams in the league. Obviously, Villa are struggling. Gerrard's currently one of the favourites to, to lose his job next. Lampard is, is going to be one of those favourites to lose his job next. It's, it might panic other teams into doing something similar. Mm. And um, I think we could see quite a few early changes of management now based on mm. this. Obviously, Parker's now gone. That means that Sean Dice is the favourite to take over. He He would be probably the first manager on everyone's shortlist for a team who's got rid of their manager in the bottom half this season. Yeah. So there's going to be other... T- if if another team thinks they, yeah, yeah, he would be their target, they're going to want to make a move quite quickly to get him in as well. So, mm. yeah, who knows what's going to happen. And and I'm sure you're dying to update us on the Chelsea game, Chris, because uh, I've seen it uh, flash up on my screen. Well, it was one. It's one all now. <laughs> okay, I've got so that. So just scored. Okay, in the corner. Uh, but Sterling did um, score before that. They they've only just scored. So yeah, one one now. Um, but yeah, um, we'll we'll move over to another team that seemed to be quite struggling at the moment, and um, it's the team that Chelsea actually beat at the weekend. Um, Leicester. Um, obviously, Chelsea went down to ten men, and then. Still ended up winning the game. Um, it just, it just doesn't seem, there just doesn't seem that much fight in this Leicester team anymore. It just seems that they've lost too many of their, their high profile players. You know, you know, Vardy's getting, getting on a bit now, isn't he? Like in terms of, of a football player. Um, I think it's just gone a bit stale for them. You know, I, you know, they won the FA Cup a couple of years ago. And, and since then, they haven't really, you know, put up any sort of challenge to get to try and get into that sort of top six again. Um, I, I don't know whether it's 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 the manager, or I, but I've heard again for them they haven't really brought anyone in, so they haven't really got anyone new, and they're about to lose probably their one of their best defenders for Farner to Chelsea. So. I think it's all, it all seems to be sort of falling apart there, and I think you know even M- Madison has been tipped to leave. I know Newcastle were interested in. Him. I don't know if that's going to go any further, but um, yeah, they just seem to be really struggling. Yeah, I, I don't. I know that before summer began, Rogers said that the only sort of money they would have to spend is, is money they would get through selling players. Yeah. So it was never going to be a busy summer for them in terms of people coming in. I'm surprised they've waited this long to sell for Farner because he's not got a lot of time to get a replacement in. Um, no. I'm assuming they're going to get a replacement in. I I can't imagine them not. They are short at the back, is oh, it? No, yeah. So I imagine they'll use that 70, 80 million, whatever's been agreed, to, to, to bring someone in before mm. the deadline. Um, but... <sighs> If that is going to be your summer, you want that business done early, don't you? You don't. Oh yeah, yeah. I wait till the last minute to find a replacement. So, so that that has left me a little bit confused, to be honest. But you, I mean, you say that they've lost some some big players. I know they've lost a couple, but they've still, you know, Vardy is getting on a bit, but he's still a good striker. Tielemans is still there. Schmeichel was the big one for me. 
um, to let him go so easily yeah. was, a, was a strange one. And then to not bring a, a goalkeeper in, because he didn't even go for really much money, I don't it was think. A couple million, wasn't it? It wasn't, yeah. I don't it wasn't much at all. That was a bit of a strange one. Rogers is obviously under pressure, and you know you can understand why with with Leicester being where they are at bottom of the league at the moment. Um, so I don't know where they go from here. They obviously flirted with Europe, and you know got in and did quite well in Europe last year. And um, I, th- I think I go back to the Villa team when no- no- O'Neill was there. We were so close to breaking into the top four or five but it was still a big step for us to go yeah I don't know whether they found that ceiling I know they broke into the top four a little bit but to keep that up you've obviously got to have sustained spend a lot of money haven't you yeah yeah to spend and I know they spent a lot of money on new training ground and facilities and academy which looks great and I'm sure in a few years time we'll we'll reap rewards but in the meantime I think they're gonna have to put with with a barren couple of years yeah, I, I mean, like you said, losing for Fana, I think, you know, they have, they've got, what, two days to find a replacement? Yeah. I mean, that's not a long time at all, is it, when you think about it, to find someone, because they're not, they're going to want to spend sort of 30, 40 million on, on a, on, on a centre back at least, I would have thought. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's rumours of Tielemans, wanting to leave but I've heard that he he is going to stay on for another year isn't he and they're going to let him see out his contract so yeah he's going to go for three which, isn't he? which seems really odd to me when they could probably get 30 or 40 million for him now yeah so it seems very odd that they're just going to let him see out his contract and then let him go for free so yeah it just it just doesn't something just doesn't seem quite right there at the moment and you know we'll see what they do with the Fafana money I mean I don't know if you heard, but he's gone to the USA to have his medical. I mean, that's some trip just for a medical. Yeah. Um, I think Chelsea, they want to make sure, obviously, because he, he broke his fibula, didn't he? So they wanted to, I think they're doing like extra tests to make sure that everything is fit and proper there. But from yeah. what I've heard, I don't think that they're that, that worried that he's not going to fail anything. So, I mean, they'll, they'll get the money and it's up to them what they do with it now. I, I, st- I think they need a striker as well. I think. Yeah, I think they do. I look at Vardy obviously being, I think, 34, 35 now. Yeah. I know he's, he's probably still got the legs in him for this season, but you're, you, you've got to look, and I said this last season, you've got to look at a long term replacement for yeah. him. Because he's not going to last forever. It, the pace that he's got as well, mm. you naturally have a striker like that and they pick up injuries here and there, muscle injuries. With mm. He uses his speed a lot. I remember when we had um, Agbon Lahore, when he was young, he would use his pace to great effect. I don't know how Vardy's managed to do it for so long, but then injuries come about and they, they lose that pace almost overnight and it's going to have to happen at some point. Yeah, they I mean, someone. Ineacho they've got as well, but he's not, I don't think he's going to set them alight, is he, when he starts no. playing more? So we'll just have to wait and see what, what happens there. But, I mean, you know, how long do they give Rodgers until they think that they need to freshen it up? Because that's what they might be thinking. And like you said earlier, now that, you know, they've broken, now that the manager, the sacking of one manager has broken the seal, we could see a few more, Yeah, you know, who, go. Who would they bring in? What? 
I suppose it depends what their ambition is. Yeah, I mean, I think this season it'll mm. just be stability. So who would you who would you bring in? I suppose for that. And again, you, you you'd look at Dyche being probably a a, a leading yeah. candidate, but I don't know. I don't know what else there would be at the moment. Um, it's too yeah. early. That's the problem. It, it's it's just yeah. too early to be sacking managers anyway. So. Right, we'll, we'll move on to Arsenal briefly um, and the hype around them at the moment, obviously with them um, 100% so far this season. Um, did they, did, I thought they, you know, business like transfer-wise, I think they've done, you know, exceptionally well. You know, they brought in Jesus, who, you know, yep. they needed a striker. They they found him and Zinchenko as well. I thought he, you know, he's... He, First, you know, three, four games, he's done exceptionally well. So they've definitely, I think for the first time in a few years, they've actually bought, one, what they needed, two, a bit of, you know, a a bit of, you know, class and finesse to the team. And and three, they haven't had to spend huge amounts of money on on these players either. So, I mean, they already had a, a fairly decent team as well when you think about, you know, Odegaard. He's probably been their best player this season. You know, he, he had a decent season last season. Um, and you've got Saka as well. You know, and they've got a fairly decent young team. Like, even their defence at the moment looks half decent. So, you know, they're, they're obviously at the moment doing something right. Um, the only thing I would say on Arsenal is that, you know, the fixtures that they have had, I would say, have been quite favourable. And they are probably games that you would probably expect them to win. Um, and I think their real test will come soon. I think they've got Man United at the weekend, so I think you know. I think we'll see the true Arsenal side when when you see them come up against those sort of other top six sides. So um, we'll have to obviously wait and see, you know, how they do against them. But uh, you know, I've been pretty impressed with Jesus. I know he had a really good preseason as well, and I don't think you know they. Re- after obviously Aubameyang left last season, I don't think they really ever recovered from from having a striker. You know, and Ketia, you know, he did okay. Lacazette again, he was okay, but again, they both didn't really score that many goals. So, yeah, I think the transfer window for them this summer has been a good one. I don't, I don't think I expected them to gel as quickly as they have. No. Um. Jesus, I always thought was a decent sign-in. I always thought if he had a run of games at City that he would do quite well. But then he kind of did have a run of games last year and it didn't really work for him. And I I was there thinking it it could have gone one or two ways, couldn't it? And I guess it still could because it's early days. Is it going to be a huge success? And we're all going to sit there and say what a player City had that they didn't use properly. Or he's going to be a flop and he's going to go for, you know, free at the end of his contract and hardly play for Arsenal again but it looks so far like a really good signing Zinchenko is the one that I thought was a really really good bit of business yeah um but having said that I I thought if if there was any position that I didn't think Arsenal really needed help in it's probably at left back because I thought Tierney was was probably one of their better players last season um, he sort of did go in and out of form a little bit, but I think he's a solid left back. But I, again, I think that's a really good sign in. Odegaard has been like a new player this season so far. He's playing with confidence. Um, it just 
what interests me is the team at the minute doesn't really seem to contain Smith Rowe, and I don't, I don't know how happy mm-hmm. he's going to be sort of playing second fiddle to Odegaard um, this season. I guess we'll we'll sort of see how that goes. But like we were saying, a lot of this talk has, has been about managers getting sacked too soon. How close was Arteta to to being let go last season? Oh yeah. And look at the rewards they're getting now for keeping him in and giving him another couple of transfer windows, and he's he's turned it around. Albeit, like you say, it's not been the toughest start for them this season, but. For a team last season that I think really struggled to have a, an impact on the, the top end of the table, I think this year I'd, I'd be, if I was an Arsenal fan, disappointed not to get top four this season. In fact, if, with the start they've had and the way they've been playing, they will probably look to be best of the rest, I think. Yeah. Behind maybe Liverpool and Man City, they will look for that third place. Um, I thought it would be probably Chelsea's all season long, but that's going to be their competition now, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you compare the starts that Arsenal have had to Chelsea, I mean, you know, it says it all really where they are in the league at the moment, but, um, you know, with Chelsea, I don't think Arsenal are going to sign any more players, and I think I think Chelsea will probably be the busiest team come sort of tomorrow and Thursday, so... You know, and it might take you know a few weeks to, for the new players to to gel in. I, I'm confident that they'll get a striker, whatever striker that may be, and obviously the Fofana deal looks almost there. So um, yeah, that will certainly bolster the the, the defence and the attack, which is where I think that we we most need help right now. I mean, the midfield seems to be. Okay, we seem to, it's quite a crowded position in the midfield, and I, th- I think we will. Probably lose a few. I think Gallagher may go, um, and Bar- obviously Barkley in the last sort of twenty four forty eight hours mutually agreed to terminate his contract. So we'll see where he ends up as well. I thought he might be going to Rangers, but it's a, it's a brave move from him to do that. I think. Oh, I I think it's quite a smart move because he can sort of he's, he's not restricted by the transfer window closing. But yeah, it's a brave move to to. Just cancel the rest of your contract. I mean, that is your 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 payday at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. He's obviously desperate to to get. It, it it shows his intent to want to play football over money. So I think it's probably a good move for him. I think he'll get a few teams interested in him now. Now he's done that because I know that he wants to play football. Oh yeah. Go there for a payday. So yeah, and uh, I think is it is Palace um, who bid I think for Gallagher in the last. Day or two is have they? I think twenty. Yeah, I think, I think like that. Yes, we'll have to see whether Chelsea want to actually let him go or whether they want to let him go on loan. Obviously, Hudson Odoi has gone today on loan, which probably suits both Chelsea and him because uh, I think he is a he's a he is a very good player. Just you know, opportunities just haven't come his way, and you know it's good for him to get some experience. So. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, but I think it'll be quite busy um, Wednesday and Thursday for Chelsea. Right, that is the end of part one. We'll be back in part two with a quiz. Um, who am I? And some more Wonders of White. So we'll be back in two. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's podcast. 
Uh, we're going to go into the wonders of white. Uh, so, uh, since March, uh, no team has scored more points than Tottenham. Interesting. Yeah. Good start to the season. And yeah, a fairly decent start to the end of the season. Uh, so, so, funny, so, so Celtic's 9-0 win against Dundee is a club record. And I believe that Dundee United manager got sacked as well. He did, yeah. Two nine and two manager seconds. So he was another one they got. Um, so, uh, Raheem Sterling um, become the third player to score for Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool. Are you going to ask me to name the other two? Well, you, you can have a stab at it if you really want to. Have you have you got them in front of you? Yeah, I've got them. Yeah. I reckon I reckon Sturridge is one, isn't he? Yeah, he is one. Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea. Anelka? It is Anelka. I mean, uh, obviously he played for Liverpool a very, very long time ago. Um, And Benzema has scored 28 goals um, this calendar year. No one has scored more in the top five leagues. He's he's having a new lease of life, isn't he? Because it sort of went a bit quiet for him at Madrid for a little bit, but he's um, definitely the main man now. Yeah, so... um, yeah, that was the one as a white. Uh, yeah, so Southampton are winning two one half time. Um, but I would just like to add that um, Jorginho's just been fouled before the the fine the half time whistle, and Che Adams has just smacked the ball in his face. Mm. Um, so yeah, that won't get reviewed. So uh, I believe you have a quiz. Liam. I do. I do have a quiz this week. Um, I was sort of scraping around for a topic this week, and then I noticed that Deli Ali had moved to Besiktas. So I thought, what better topic than a quiz on British players abroad? So I've got t- ten questions about British players playing abroad in a foreign country, um, but there is a potential bonus point up for grabs. So you oh. can theoretically get eleven out of ten here. Oh right. Um, but we'll see how you get on. I don't know. This is going to be—it's one of those quizzes where I think you're either going to get like two, <laughs> or you're going to get eight. So who knows? But let's see. Who how knows? Are you ready? I hope so. Question number one: Which English player scored a hat trick for Barcelona against Real Madrid in 1987? Oh, I mean, there can't have been that many. I don't think there is that many English players that have played for Barcelona, to be honest. Well, the, only, the only one I can think of is Gary Lineker. Correct, it is indeed <laughs> Gary Lineker. And they love him out there as well. I don't know if you've ever... You, you, you told me this, didn't you, about... I swear it was just... Was it you that told me about how much they love him in Barcelona? Yeah, so I I went to Barcelona a few years ago and did the tour of the new Camp, and they've got their own little part of the new Camp museum, like dedicated to Gary Lineker, um, which was just really odd. And it tells you that like the story of his life and and the English lad that came over and did well for Barcelona. But yeah, um, well done. Question one done. Uh, question number two. We're going to stay in 1987. I'm sure you're pleased to hear. Okay. Uh, on November the 11th in 1987, which Welshman played two games in one day, the first being for Wales against the Czech Republic in Prague, 
The second being for Bayern Munich versus Borussia Mönchengladbach in a cup. Of- <laughs> it's Mark Hughes, I knew this one. Cause it is, that, this, this is the thing, like I said the other day, where where we've been doing quizzes for so long, you, you kind of see things <laughs> that you, you don't necessarily put into a quiz, but you still see it and you kind of just retain it in your head. Um, but no, yeah, it's much. <laughs> it, it is indeed, yeah. So you wouldn't get that these days, would you? I mean, it's in two different countries as well. Really fair play, fair play. The effort for that is incredible. Okay, well done. Two out of two. Obviously, this quiz is too easy for you. Um, question number three: Gareth Bale recently left Real Madrid after scoring a surprising 106 goals, considering they hated him. Uh, but which American club does he now play for? Uh, it is Los Angeles. It is indeed Los Angeles FC. I thought I might trip you up on that because I could have sworn it was LA Galaxy, but it's not. No, I remember. Yeah, I remember in Los Angeles FC. Yeah. So three out of three so far, and uh, question number four is about another Welshman who's recently. Oh, this is—is this just a quiz on Welshman? (laughs) It is not. All the Welsh questions are all in one, so I just wanted to get them out of the way. So yeah, another Welshman on the move recently is Aaron Ramsey. Uh, Which French team does he now play for? Nice. 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 It is. Well done. Four out of four. Because they are owned. Aren't they owned by the same the guy, the billionaire guy in the UK? Oh, I'm not too sure. I, I always swear. just assume they were owned by the biscuits company. I've, I've no <laughs> idea. <laughs> no idea. But I just thought it was a. I I I knew he'd left Juventus, but I didn't actually know where he ended up. So um, yeah, it is nice. Um, gets a bit more difficult now. We're away from the Welsh. Oh. Going to uh, PSV Eindhoven. They've currently got two England youth internationals in their team. Can you name either of them? Oh, my word. Uh, I will just say straight away that no, I cannot. You cannot. Um, One of them is Jared Branthwaite, on loan from Everton. And the other one is Madueke. Mm. Who they signed from Spurs in 2020? Who is actually doing very oh, well? Oh, Madu, yes, I know. No, I have heard of him. Yeah, I think he's a winger or a right didn't, back. Didn't realise he was English, to be honest with you. But yeah. He is. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this question has bonus points available. Um, oh. So Jude Bellingham became the most expensive 17-year-old when he moved from Borussia Dortmund in 2020. What Championship club did they sign him from? Birmingham. Correct. And for a bonus point, can you tell me the number of the shirt they retired? <laughs> 22. Correct. Well done. <laughs> um, so you're technically now on, hang on, one, two, three, four, five. You're on it's, six out of six so far. It, it's yeah, it's one of those that, where it's just so ridiculous that they, uh, that they did that with a shirt you just don't forget. Yeah. 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 Number 22 has, has been retired because a, a guy played one season for them. Oh, uh, dear. Question number seven. Yeah. David Platt. Remember David Platt? I do remember, yeah. 
1991 and he played for three different Serie A clubs before he joined Arsenal in 95. Can you name any of the three Serie A clubs he played for? Any of them? Any of them. Uh, this... Uh, I am going to take a guess and say... I think he would have played for quite a high... I can't, I can't for life me think of... I think he would have played for a high-profile one, but I think it's probably one that aren't so... I'm going to say Sampdoria, because I know a lot of people played for them back in the 90s. You would be correct. Sampdoria is one of the three teams. Um, any guesses on the others, or do you want me to... I have no idea. Maybe Milan or Juventus, I don't know. Juventus was another one. Uh, yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't there very long, um, no. but he played for Barry, Juventus and Sampdoria. Mm. Um, and I think he did quite well at Barry and Sampdoria, but he, he didn't get much game time at Juventus by the looks of things. Um, but we're going to stay in Serie A. Which former England international played for Lazio for three years between 1992 and 1995? Paul Gascoigne. Correct. Paul Gascoigne it is. You're on fire tonight, Chris. I, I have a feeling that you're going to get all of these. Um, maybe I have made them too easy for you recently. Um, question number nine. Yeah. Which Englishman was sent off and scored an own goal on his Real Madrid debut against Atletico Bilbao? Jonathan Woodgate. Correct. In one of the funniest games, I think, ever. Um, was, yeah. it his only, was it his only ever appearance for Real Madrid? I don't think he played. I mean, he joined them and then was... He probably got injured. He was injured for about 18 months, I think, when yeah, he joined them. So, yeah, and then his debut sent off. What a weird <laughs> signing that is. Jonathan Woodgate playing for Real Madrid. It's going back some as well now. But he was good back then, and then obviously injuries. And... I'm pretty sure it's him. He scored, he scored the winning goal last time Spurs won a trophy. Sorry, Spurs fans. <laughs> yeah. Nice one to raise up. So, for four marks and ten out of ten, who became the first Englishman to play in Russia after joining FC Rostov from <laughs> Spurs in 2012? Probably the most difficult one of, of the questions here, but I think. So, did you say Englishman? He is an Englishman. To play in Rostov. Oh, this, this oh, oh, I haven't. Englishman playing 2012. Mate, is this going to get me? Because I actually haven't got a I'm going to have to take a guess. Oh, 20, when did you say it was? Uh, 2012. 2012. He left Spurs and joined FC Rostov. Oh. What weird, what weird move that is as well. I'm going to see if I can give you a clue by telling you how long you played for FC Rostov. I don't think it's going to make a difference if I'm honest. Oh, it was only on loan actually. So apologies, it was on loan. I, I've, I, I just have to take a guess at someone like Huddleston or O'Hara. You're in the right era. It was yeah. David Bentley. Oh my god. His name actually came into my head as well, but I thought Bentley was like, 
2006. No, I mean, he didn't play for Spurs for a long time. I'm looking at his stats now. In five years at Spurs, he played 42 games. So he had a lot of time out injured. In fact, his his last game for Spurs was in 2010, by the looks of things. So he had a good three years basically doing nothing. Um, yeah, retired after that. So, yeah, he retired early. Rostov was too much for him. Rostov was clearly too much. I mean, the the eight games he played for them was obviously way too much. Unlucky though, nine out of ten is still a very good score. Technically eight because I did get another one wrong, but I got a bonus. You you were generous enough to give me a bonus point. Yeah, I had to add that in there. Just uh, yeah, just just for a bit of fun. Okay, right, well, we'll move on to who am I? Right, how have you won it? Uh, to finish or finish to start? Let's go start to finish. Okay, right, so this is in the order. Obviously, I can't give you the current team, so that tells you he is still playing. Nice. So, we've got Arsenal, Barcelona, Chelsea, Monaco, Monaco B, and then his current team. His current team, yeah. So, I think his current team is a team in Italy, isn't it? I think. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) So, he's basically done a tour of. London, Barcelona, Monaco, and now I think he's playing for Lake Como. I think it's Fabregas. I'm going it to is, Fabregas. It is Fabregas. I mean, what what career he had. I, I mean, know. Not, not bad places to live he in. He played for the second best team in London and the first place. He <laughs> did the second first and then the first last. So, um, Yeah, he actually played. Um, so he played 212 games for Arsenal. He played 96 for Barcelona, but he played 138 for Chelsea. Oh, I didn't think it would be that many. I, I only remember him being there a year or two. Uh, he is, yeah, like, and I believe that um, Thierry Henry is putting some money into this team as well. So probably oh, okay. a good football manager, um, Dave, I think. Yeah, oh, very good. So, yeah, that is that is it for this week. Uh, have you anything else to add, Liam? Um, I I just wondered, Chris, if you were going to give us a Yeovil update. I mean, I can give you Yeovil. I can give you a Yeovil update next week if you want. Yeah, I think we should. We've not had one for a little while. I wonder how they're doing. Uh, yeah, I can give you an update uh, next week. Also, I will say this actually. So there is a team very local to me um, called. Uh, Wincanton Town. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I haven't. Uh, you've not. Um, but um, they've actually reached the first sort of qualifying round for the FA Cup. That's good going. Um, so yeah, so they've come through a few of the the, quali- the, the preliminary qualifying rounds, and they're, at, they're they're the lowest ranked side left in the competition. Um, now, although they were scheduled to play at home because the ground isn't ready, I believe, um, and there's nowhere else to play, they're actually playing at, at the... So they're actually going to be playing away um, to AFC Totten, who... Local to yeah, me. 
local to you. So yeah, so Wincat and I'll play in AFC Totten on Saturday um, in the first qualifying round of the FA Cup. And they are the lowest ranked side left in the competition and ridiculously haven't been chosen to be put on TV. They've decided to go with AFC Bury. Strange one. I mean, my I have a non-league club, Rugby Town. I don't know if I've mentioned them on the podcast before. We're still in the FA Cup as well. It's the probably the furthest we've been for a number of years. And we got drawn against Grantham Town, um, at Grantham Town, only to find that uh, a load of crows have dug up their pitch. Oh. So they can no longer play at Grantham Town, so they've actually had the opposite. So now we're playing at home on Saturday. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an update next week as to how they've got on. But it's, it's better than playing on a pitch full of crows. <laughs> but, yeah, nah, I thought I'd add that in there. Um, so, yeah, so good luck to them and good luck to rugby as well. Thank you, Chris. It's much appreciated. We don't have any fans these days. Yeah, oh, I don't think Wincat have heard, <laughs> you know, I've got thousands of fans, but um, yeah, no, very small little town. I actually lived there for a little bit, um, a few years back. Very small town, um, about 15 minutes from Yeovil, maybe. So yeah. Yep, so that's it for this week. And uh, next week, I will give you all a Yeovil update and a Wincat in town and a rugby update as well. So we'll see you then. <laughs>